Once again, I don't have a funny bit to open this open this podcast up with, so we'll just get right into it. How about just take a ran- just take a random soundbite from like the middle of it where it just doesn't make any sense out of context? Uh, yeah, I'll do this one right now. Boop. Ha 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 ha! What a fun! What a funny! What a funny out of context clip that was. What? <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it silent. <laughs> That had more cheese than a double quarter pounder. Okay, what? <laughs> previously on Final Space. Well, previously on Terracon Primetime. Tiny little Lord Commander, and I got some powers over here. Please don't step on me, Bolo. Oh, God. Oh, no. Why did I just think of Bolo feet pics? Please don't tell me you're going to put... Welcome to another episode of Terracon Primetime. We are reviewing... Final Space, Season 3, Episode 6, Change is Gonna Come, right? It's called Change is Gonna Come. Yep, and change came indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, um, Besides this babbling fool over here, I'm your host, Jeremy. I am your babbling fool, Josh. And, uh, Josh, I did not feel this episode. Really? Yeah, I mean, okay, so season three, episode six, I'm going to give it a six. Really? I am. Yeah, just because, just because I think there were a lot of strong moments in it, Mm -hmm. mainly the rescuing Quinn, as it were, in the sense of, you know, finding a way to make her nightfall, apparently, and then Ash meeting Invictus. This whole this whole Tribor plotline just was super distracting and didn't really pay off anything. I think I think if you cut that out of the episode, I think it actually would have been a stronger episode. Um, just because all the payoff was was seeing Tribor and Quattro, Tri-Squats, uh, flying in space on magical bunnies and then... Talk to the dead. Yeah, talk to the dead and just be like, the 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 punchline is you are the progeny or protector or whatever and then okay which one of us yes i don't know i just i know tribor is supposed to be the comedic relief i don't think this fit in the episode all too well it it, it kind of feels shoehorned in i think if you cut that out and you know let's just say that was 4 minutes worth of content Mm-hmm. If we had four more minutes of exploring Ash with Invictus or, you know, Countdown to save Quinn, as it were, I think we would have had a lot stronger of an episode. I just did not care for this 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 Tribor plotline, and I think it really brought it down for me, which is why I'm giving it a six. Ah, I see. What are your thoughts on the episode, sir? So I was going to actually give it a seven or eight because of the same reason, because the whole Tribor mood swift uh, mood switch, because we had the whole, we had the rescue Quinn mission, which was pretty serious on its own. And everybody was pretty invested in that. And then Ash is on her own facing Invictus by herself. And those are two pretty heavy things. Like we've had episodes building up to, Quinn's poisoning and people were thinking, oh my god, is she gonna die? Yeah, so it was two serious stories and then you got Tribor and 
Quattro just dorking around space, fighting mantis people on red bunnies and talking to the dead. It yeah, like like you said earlier, it definitely took you out of the mood. And the time really could have been spent more on the two main plots, like the whole Ash and the whole Quinn situation. So I'm going to give it, yeah, between a 7 and an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it just seems pretty weird coming from such a strong episode with episode 5, you know? Like, we are able to, you know, slow it down. It became that episodic show that we fell in love with, you know? There was pretty much just one storyline going through. Yeah, 5 gave me season 1 vibes. Yeah, exactly. And then we had to go immediately back into this, you know dancing around all these different plot points in order to make sure, you know, all the chess pieces are in place for the season. And I don't know. I just feel like that could have just been a... I feel like if it was just... I don't know. It's a little weird because, you know, like you said earlier, um, we had the previously on Final Space, um, which... Um, did we have that in episode five? We did not. So that's why I'm a little confused by this episode, because up until this point, I guess, you know, we had a couple of, at least episode one, we had a previously on Final Space, just because, you know, we hadn't been in the Final Space universe in a while, so it made sense. And then randomly, I guess, in season, or in episode six we get a final we get a previously on final space it's like but we were just here we know what just happened and so i don't think that necessarily worked i think if this tribor plot line was just maybe the cold open instead like just back to back to back to back maybe that would have been better you know it's it's kind of hard to tell because then you would have this as the cold open and then it go into the intro, and then you have the rest of the episode to just focus on these other two plot points of them trying to save Quinn and Ash being with Invictus. Maybe that would have been a little bit differently paced. Maybe it would have worked a little better. You know, it's kind of hard to to tell what network was trying to do with this, just because, like I said, we had this really strong episode in the previous episode. And now it's like, okay, well, now we're, now we're back to just these, you know, interwoven, intertangled, you know, tripping over each other plot lines right now. And I just, that kind of took me out of, you know, the whole viewing experience. I like, there was a couple moments, like, there was a couple moments where I just kind of like turned my brain off as it were. It's just like, all right, yeah, this is. This is happening, which which I don't want to experience, you know. I want to be excited for the episode, but, <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just this little Tribor plot line. I was just like, I, all right, Tribor's off doing this this stuff again. You know, he was, he was with the team squad. He's not with the team squad. He's with the team squad. He's not with the team squad. He's with the team squad. He's not with the team squad. He's trying on Quinn's clothes. He's shopping at you know markets or whatever it was tangled up like the spaghetti of a cat dad's eye oh gosh yeah i mean here's the deal i think this whole this whole payoff of quinn now becoming nightfall and how we've kind of had this sort of 
not necessarily teased, but maybe sort of a preview since season one and season two, I guess, of how every time Quinn would close the breach or no, it was Gary closes the breach. Yeah. Quinn would become the nightfall. And so nightfall was trying to undo all of that. So that way she would be the one to close the breach and you know, all these thousands of different possibilities. So we've, we've potentially had this coming since season one, as it were, I'm trying to, it's something that we would have to ask Olin and maybe the production team of just like, was this payoff in season three of Quinn becoming Nightfall initially planned from the beginning? Or was this something that came up over the course of either making this season or previous seasons where, you know, it was going to be the twist, as it were. The twist. Sorry, I pee-popped. That's one thing I would like to, to figure out. Because I do think that this is a strong point, you know, because it is it is interesting to think about how... Again, if this whole final space poisoning thing was initially planned from season one or it was something we decided to explore writing season three and then, oh, you know what? Here's how we can make it so that Quinn becomes Nightfall. She has to get the implant and, you know, conveniently there's a asteroid nearby that has the right stuff that they need to make Quinn in the Nightfall. And that's pretty interesting. Single hot asteroids in your area. Well, <laughs> it was negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I think, Joshua. Single cold asteroids in your area. So, yeah, otherwise, you know, there there is this kind of moment with Cheryl and Hugh uh, where, you know, Cheryl kind of admits that she was... Uh, she was promiscuous in her past when it came to a kind of responsibility, I guess, as it were, and never asking for help. And then she has that moment. Really? Where she, yeah. Cheryl was a bad mom. What? Yeah, actually. Um, and so just that sort of moment of just being like, you know, I would have to ask for help. Well, how do you do that? Oh, I've never done it before. So you're kind of asking the wrong person. Like, that's kind of a good moment to me. I mean, I'm still indifferent towards Cheryl. I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with her. Yeah, she really hasn't had much to do in these episodes, besides escaping and contacting people. If anything, she's kind of second pilot. You know, when Gary's off doing something else, we've we've already kind of established that she was an amazing pilot, it seems. But yeah, she's an established pilot, so she's kind of, like I said, just sort of second pilot, as it were, which is fine. That, you know, kind of serves a purpose, you know, so Gary can go off and do other things, and Avocado can go off and find selenium on an asteroid. and Yeah, Gary can do A-plot things, and I guess, is it still considered A-plot if they're serving the same purpose? Like, the... Kato's in Mooncake on the asteroid. Is that still part of plot A because it's the Quinn story? Yes, I would say so. Because really, if you wanted to boil it down to is plot A is escape final space. So even though you do have these little tangents, that's eventually going to connect to 
or not really tangents, all these little sort of sidewinding quests, as it were, that's still eventually going to get them out of final space in one piece, hopefully in one piece rather. Whereas like Ash being off with Invictus, that's kind of a plot B now. But again, I feel like there is another instance in this episode where it's just like, you are putting way too much trust in your uh, son, Avocado. <laughs> you know, just grappling onto a f- asteroid hurtling through space. I need to keep my son safe. Let's zip line to an asteroid. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, I'm glad they're having these father-son moments. And I guess, you know, if you trust him... Just because, you know, you can protect your son that way. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's kind of a way of protecting his son because as long as he's with him, he can hopefully manage to protect him. But I don't know. It just seems a lot safer to have Lil Kato on board. Yeah, probably would have been a little bit safer not being on a falling apart space rock. Well, there was the really powerful moment of they have to drill into Quinn's skull and Gary, you know, tells Hugh to, what is it, connect their pain receptors together so he can help offload some of the pain that she's experiencing. I think that was a very powerful moment. Why would that exist in medical technology? Like, you have a thing that can help you share the burden of painful conscious surgery i mean would you rather experience 100 percent of the pain yourself or a reduced like 50 percent of the pain if that meant that you know somebody else was helping you through that process kind of like how in um what is it uh my first thought is actually guardians of the galaxy where they finally get the stone or whatever and they just start holding hands and glowing purple you know yeah it's too much for one person to hold on its own so that that just kind of gave me that vibe again with the animation just the little yellow lines on his face pulsating really good it looked really good once again animation this show is so much more pleasing to look at now so that's good I'm surprised how many more lines Kevin got this episode. Yeah, I mean, that's another instance of where I think the humor didn't land for me. This whole little Beth thing. I mean... Remember? Remember when we did this in season one? Yeah, exactly. I think trying to make make light of a heavy scene like that is is fine. I just don't think it paid off for me, personally. And again, I think it's also maybe because his voice sounds just way more... I'm Fred Armisen, kind of doing a character right now. I'm Fred Armisen. Like, what are we going to do, guys? What? And, like, less like a robot. So I think that's also kind of why it takes me out. This whole this whole Ash and Invictus plot line. The big pink elephant in the room. The big pink elephant in the room. The big pink eyeball. The big pink eyeball in space. The big pink eyeball that's able to give Ash Raven a second eyeball. That's also pink for a little moment. Whoa. I mean, her eyes were like, weren't her eyes pink before? Or her eye was pink. Yeah, when she's trying to use her powers, yeah, they glow. Oh, I meant like her color, like the non-glowing bit, but yeah. But yeah, it looks like, hey, guess what? You got a second eye now. Yeah, you're a fully realized character now. (laughs) Not only that, you get to go through space demon puberty whoa yeah i do i do like her new design i like her hair it's edgy and dark and i like it 
I think, uh, you know, this whole plot line too now of her telling the avocado, like, don't listen to him. You're, you're mind freaked. And now she's being mind freaked. You know, this whole plot line of Gary's going to destroy everything, including your brother. I love that. I love what Invictus called Gary. It's like the fool who died a thousand deaths. And that's just, it's one crazy title to put on a resume. And also that implies that there are multiple universes um, that Invictus has experienced as well, right? So that means there's thousands of Garys who have tried to stop Invictus before, and I guess we're on the correct timeline where Gary will eventually defeat Invictus. The one timeline that breaks the mold. Man, can you imagine like a multiverse of Quinns trying to get their Gary, but their Gary's dead? Uh, we'd be watching penultimate space is what we would be watching, not the final space. Oh yeah, you're right, because this is the final, the final timeline, the final space. Yeah, we'd be watching penultimate space. Like Ash gets her new fully upgraded body, as it were. She's told by Invictus that Gary is going to kill Fox. And so I guess that's something I'm going to say that we we can look forward to um, to be a bit uh, <laughs> controversial as I get, as I guess. With both your eyes, you can look forward to it. Yep. You can look forward to it, to, to Fox being killed. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You are blood hungry for the death of the gentle giant Ron Funches. It's not that I'm even blood hungry. It's just, and I've said this before, you know, I just do not care for his character. Ash finally seems to be fully developed, as it were, as of this episode, or at least will become fully developed. And so, you know, this whole tease of, Gary will kill your brother. It's like, is this going to be an eventuality or only a possibility? And my hope is that it's an eventuality. <laughs> That's pretty much like everything that happens in the episode, isn't it? Well, Ash gets presented the two choices, as it were. Be a good girl or be a bad girl. Um, and so she gets teleported back into the... What are, what are we calling it? Galaxy 2? Yeah. See, they're the... Hugh calls it the Galaxy 2, but I still prefer the Dragonhawk 5. I prefer Galaxy 2. Anyway, she gets teleported back into... Dragonhawk 5. It's the Dragonhawk The 5. Galaxy 2, and she's all mopey. She's all mopey, but little Kato finds her and is obviously a little freaked out because she's a changed woman. End of episode. Yeah, pretty much. And like I... Like... I don't know. I wish well for one I didn't I didn't take any notes this time around mostly because I had to watch this on my phone and I was with my family this weekend so I didn't actually get to watch the premiere on premiere night. But otherwise, like I kind of said earlier, like this episode I just it did not really capture me like previous episodes. It just kind of felt a little sluggish. You know, we had to insert some brevity into it. Um you know, we had to make sure that all the chess pieces were falling into place because, you know, 
with Tribor being off over here, he has to have a purpose. So we have to introduce that purpose. And I guess what what else is his purpose besides leading a resistance in final space? Why did he have to commune with the dead to just be like, you are the protector? Like, if anything, he was already going to be because he was already leading the resistance. So, like, it just it just kind of feels like a moot point. It's redundant. Yeah, it's redundant. And, you know, these other two plot lines I was invested in for the most part. But otherwise, yeah, it's it was just it was an all right episode. And that's just being honest. It was it was all right. I wasn't too crazy about it, but it hasn't been, you know, the worst episode I've seen so far. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 sticking with a six out of ten cookies. All right. Yeah, I am keeping my judgment to seven cookies for this week's episode. What have we got hitting us next week? Because it looks like we got a little episode preview. I don't know. What do we have to look forward to? Looks like Gatekeeper and Bolo. We we haven't seen Bolo in a bit. That is true. Okay. Looks like he rips his own arm off. Oh, that looks painful. That's That's me every day trying to live this wretched life of mine. Jeremy. What? Jeremy, do you need to see someone? Uh, yes, I need to see Fox die. <laughs> you need to see Fox die. I was thinking along the lines of a therapist, you should probably stop ripping your arm off like the six-armed titans. Nah, it grows back. It's fine. I'm an alien. Oh, gosh. Once again, thank you for joining us for another episode of Terracon Primetime. My name was Jeremy. My name was Josh. We will see you for Final Space Season 3, Episode 7, Insert title of episode here. The Chamber of Doubt. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. Uh, that's my best Markiplier impersonation. <laughs> <laughs>